everyone remain calm. Back for more, huh? Oh, yeah. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and then screaming. Somebody talk to me! What is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. How long is it going to take for that to spread around the globe? This was all John Hammond's dream. Hold on to your butt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 283rd episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. I am so excited for this one because in this episode, we're going to be discussing Jurassic World Velocicoaster with a couple of people who made the attraction. We have Shelby Honey, who is the show producer, and Greg Hall, who is the art director. We're going to be talking all about Velocicoaster from the inception. We're going to be talking about the series, the franchise. What about Echo? What happened? What's going on with Echo? There's so many fun questions to talk about for Velocicoaster, much more than just Echo. Don't worry, Um, but we're gonna be talking about it from the ground up. I'm really really excited about this one So make sure to stay tuned for our Main Street segment Also a shout out to my friends over at the Universal Orlando Resort for making this interview happen This one was very very exciting for me Uh, as a Jurassic fan I think you know it comes hand in hand you have dinosaurs and you have theme parks and when you put those things together It's incredible. I love theme parks. They've been a huge passion of mine forever. And of course, Jurassic, you guys know. So putting those things together, being able to talk to people who actually created a Jurassic attraction, that was incredible. So thank you so much. And I really, really hope you guys enjoy this one. But before we get started, I'd like to take care of some quick business. Over on JurassicParkPodcast.com, please go check out Tom Jurassic's article, A World Evolved, talking about the latest developer diary for Jurassic World Evolution 2. You're going to get all the latest details on Evolution 2, so please go check out that article. We're doing a lot of work on the front end, so you guys can get all the latest information on Evolution, and I know Tom's working his uh, his magic behind the scenes as well to give you even more of an inside look at Jurassic World Evolution 2, so thank you so much to Tom for writing up that article. Now over to YouTube. Uh, I released The Toy Hunt. Got a lot of views on that, so go check that one out. I actually stepped foot into Walmart to see what kind of Jurassic stuff they got these days. Who knows? I don't get there very often. So go check out that video. And also I uh, I uploaded the unboxing of the Ray Arnold exclusive from San Diego Comic-Con at home. Thank you so much to Mattel for sending that, that my way. I, I am always so appreciative when Mattel sends us the latest and uh, greatest item that they have out uh, that's going to be coming out. So thank you so much to Mattel. Please go check out that unboxing video. Um, and then also I uploaded a few other videos from our big live stream back in June. Uh, the solo segments just so you can see what we were talking about individually. So I uploaded uh, our conversation about Jurassic World Dominion score with Caleb Burnett and then my conversation conversation with Mike Spires where we get some insight into how he creates his incredible Jurassic artwork. And then rounding out the YouTube content, I actually had a chance to do a full live stream on a Wednesday night, as we always do every Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I actually had a, a guest on the entire time talking about toys, talking about theme parks, 
and that was Michael Corelli. You see him as Owen Grady down at the parks in Orlando, and uh, he had a chance to talk all about uh, some of the latest toy offerings, but also his time at the grand opening of Velocicoaster, and actually more so the day before the grand opening when they had uh, press out there and a bunch of other people to uh, to just experience something brand new, and, and uh, it was incredible to hear his story. So please, please go check out that video to get the entire insight into that uh, media day for Jurassic World Velocicoaster. And just as a heads up, the Jurassic Mailbag is coming up next week, so if you want your questions and comments submitted for the next episode, please give us a call at 732-825-7763. You can leave us a message there, or you could record a little voice memo or type up your thoughts and concerns in an email and send those to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. And uh, we'll include everything in the next Jurassic Mailbag, as long as we get it in time. But I think that about wraps it up here for the intro, so without further ado, let's float down that ever-flowing river known as time, and head out to the theme park to discuss Jurassic World Velocicoaster with Shelby Honey and Greg Hall. Welcome to Jurassic World. And there's no doubt our attractions will drive kids out of their minds. This park was not going to cater only for the super rich. What, we'll have a, a coupon day or something? You should have spent a day at the beach, get some sun. None of these attractions are ready yet, of course. Really spectacular, spared no expense. Enjoy the ride. Can't you stop these things? I'm sorry, it's a kind of a ride. All major theme parks have delays. Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down and pirates don't eat the tourists. Uh, sorry folks, ride's closed. Um, come on guys, I just work here. Yeah! Oh, I just noticed your shirt when you stood up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, thank you. Representing. I I had to. I I almost wore the hat, too. I was like, I'm going to go all out. I got the pin here. I've got posters all around me. So, yeah. I I, I even got a a map here, so I'm good to go. Uh, (laughs) So, Greg and Shelby, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, But before we dive into Jurassic World Velocicoaster, I do have a very difficult question. I I really want you guys to answer this. Uh, Hopefully you can. Um, If you were stuck in a kitchen with a velociraptor what would you do and and would you make it out alive i think uh, i think naturally i would i would i would do what was in the movie i would hide un- <laughs> under anything i could hide so i could think <laughs> i have to process everything that's happening to me and i would probably listen and listen out for you know the, the, the toe taps and try to figure mm-hmm. out you know spatially where the velociraptor <laughs> is but uh I don't know what I would do after that. <laughs> I think I'll find out once I find out from that that stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about uh, you, Shelby? Uh, um, I mean, perhaps controversial. I don't. I don't see me making it out of there. But um, I would definitely <laughs> similarly hide. But uh, uh, yeah, not particularly quick <laughs> yeah they're, I, they're pretty intelligent so you know who knows maybe trying to talk it out might work like wait <laughs> what are they gonna hey, throw at us yeah don't eat me don't eat me please <laughs> wait, Let's the situation. what do you really want <laughs> they just want some rats just just have a pocket full of rats that you can throw at I'll, them at I'll all get times you rats, okay it's over here <laughs> over here you don't want me <laughs> so uh bring us back to like uh your, your first details like i want to know about your histories with the film franchise are, are you both longtime fans of jurassic park 
Oh, definitely, definitely. I think I, I remember first time watching Jurassic Park, and you know, I'm really big in you know visual effects, and I have a background studying that. And I, you know, the Jurassic Park film was just way beyond its time. It really mm-hmm. just set a new you know uh, president for it. So you're just like. You know, and it still holds up today. It's still like, you know, you <laughs> yeah. can watch it today and you just wonder how did they do that, you know, so long ago. And and uh, so I think it was really inspirational uh, and just something to, to learn from and study on, you know, storytelling, how to make timeless uh, memories, quotes and uh, just filmmaking in general. It was, it was mm-hmm. a masterpiece. Yeah, I think uh, for for me, uh uh, it was definitely one of those first films, but like all of my siblings and we had a little bit of a good age span, like we all loved this movie and more obsessed <laughs> with this movie. I think uh, like a weird sense memory I have is, oh gosh, you probably have one of these, but there's a toy that had the little broken pieces off of the dinosaur that you had to heal. And I love mm-hmm. the idea that you were like taking care of the dinosaur. And I remember <laughs> like the tail and holding onto the tail so vividly and like paint being off of it because I just carried this dinosaur with me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I have one of those right behind me. The Triceratops has like a, a wound that just like pops out. You pop and, it and off. Yeah, yeah. It's super like gory in there, but it's like, yeah, it was a kid's toy. It's all fun. Um, but yeah, the, that, that. the toys are the thing for me that really kept kept the uh, franchise alive. And you know, through that fourteen year gap between Jurassic Park three and Jurassic World, so so I, I appreciate that. That's that's good. Um, oh yeah. Bring us back to the the inception of this attraction because I know I know like throughout all the plans this was originally intended to be like a churro stand right but after that concept what was the vision that you had for this did it did it take a while to get to Velocicoaster or <laughs> were there anything else like uh, in your mind there? Oh, you want to go? So, man, we knew that we had to bring something big to the park. You know the actually asking for something big a big thrill coaster and mm-hmm. you know Jurassic Park Jurassic World were just a perfect fit for that just to bring the next iconic you know Universal Islands Adventures attraction and mm-hmm. uh we just really wanted to lean into that and bring you know the thrill to the park on another level and bring teeth to the park really celebrate <laughs> the Jurassic land and you know have di- like more dinosaurs and you know and and respect the environment so you know it just was a perfect blend it was exciting because you know this is perfect for you know our brand you know we we make the the thrill rides we make the rides that are you know rite of passage and you know Jurassic is so huge reaches so many people different demographics and you know even us as you know designers are fans Mm -hmm. so it was just the the most fun uh, trashing to work on. Yeah. And I think going to your point about what, you know, what it started as or what it ended up, it all kind of fell into place, uh, very beautifully and very quickly and very organically. I think, uh, I have used the, uh, Dr. Wu metaphor a few times, but it's like the <laughs> DNA strand was just flying together of all these pieces that it kind of had to be, you know, we knew it had to be thrill. We knew it had to be immersive. We, we told ourselves we wanted this to be Jurassic World centric. So really focus on the Raptors. So at a certain point, it just like was what it was meant to be really early on, which also kind of made it fun for us as, a, as part of the process. Uh, Cause we really were experiencing and, uh, Greg makes these beautiful pre-visualization animatics. So we were riding literally the ride that people are experiencing right now this summer. Gosh, years ago, 2018. Um, so. oh, amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, it's great that you brought up Dr. Wu there because I have uh, this quote here. You know, uh, back in Jurassic World, Simon Mizrani, the, the owner of the park, sends this memo to Dr. Wu about wanting something, you know, bigger, scarier, cooler. Um, and I, I got a good sense of how you've brought that to life with Velocicoaster. It's pretty obvious. But uh, could you fill us in on some of those details that maybe you amplified, kind of like Dr. Wu did with the dinosaur, but you amplified those traits from a, a common coaster into something much more monstrous? What were some of those elements that you needed in this attraction to make it bigger, scarier, and cooler? Well, I think what I'll start with is uh, the parallels to Dr. Wu do not stop there. Again, those memos <laughs> of more teeth and us as uh, theme park designers, we're like, how do we make it bigger? Um, so uh, for us, our kind of key design principles and how we approach this attraction, Greg kind of touched on it, but Teeth. We always wanted to make sure that the dinosaurs were front and center, had to be dinosaurs in our dinosaur uh, park. And uh, that is a challenge on a 70 mile per hour coaster. Thrills were the next really, really important thing. And we wanted to make sure that none of these things were compromising each other, but actually elevating each other. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, always pushing the thrill. And then the third thing being the environment and this beautiful, immersive Jurassic World environment. And that's everything from the beautiful paddock of rock work uh, all the way to these kind of cool immersive environments we've made even within the queue. And then the bigger theme of, you know, man believing they can control nature and the ultimate power of nature and trying to have that play out over the span of our queue as well. We've got the really, really harsh engine uh, art direction, and then you've got the natural world that belongs to the raptors. So, uh, you know, we had a lot of fun to play with. Those are definitely <laughs> our DNA strands, if you will. Yeah. And then, and then the elements that we put in Astral Attraction, we we wanted to bring new, modern. You know, this this ride's coming out. It, it came out in 2021. You know, mm -hmm. we're in the future. So <laughs> let, let's let's introduce new elements that you know even the audience that comes to the park have never seen before. And you know, a lot of the team are coaster enthusiasts. You know, mm -hmm. there's even our operations manager has ridden over 650 roller coasters. Oh, so, you know, the bar <laughs> was high. Everyone had passion. You know, this element has to be in there. Listen, this, this, this extend this element, like the inverted stall that goes 110 feet upside down over yeah. the guest pathway. And then we have the, the Mosasaurus role, which is, you know, arguably, well, it's not even arguably like the, 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 the enthusiasts, including us, think is one of the best versions of oh, all yeah. time. And, you know, it, and it's funny because, you know, you're going through rock work, going through a building, 150, you know, at the moment we, we wondered, you know, wait, did we go too far? Because <laughs> none of us have wrote anything like it. We, we designed it, but we really didn't, you know, know what it was like, you know, yeah. until the day test wrote it so even that day we all were nervous because it wasn't like oh it's just like this ride over here it's just like this ride it was it was more like no one really knows how, how this is going to turn out <laughs> so that's amazing. It, it sounds like, yeah, like all of our uh, roller coaster tycoon dreams come true, like building the most crazy thing ever and then having it come to life. It's it's beautiful. So you you uh, you mentioned some of the rock work and, and uh, cool parts of the attraction itself. Was it difficult to kind of convince like everybody at maybe Universal Pictures and stuff like that, that, hey, we're going to have a roller coaster that's going to go through a raptor pad? Like, is that hard to convince people about that? Surprisingly, uh, go ahead, surprisingly right. wasn't that hard. <laughs> <They> actually, <laughs> no. no. Like, we, we we were nervous. We were like, yeah. man, there's no roller coaster in the movie. Uh, 
how are they going to react to this? And, you know, so we, but, you know, we, we stayed true to, you know, the, the, the different tenants that, you know, Shelby was mentioning, you know, the actual DNA of what makes a Jurassic film, whether Jurassic Park or World. We, we wanted to make sure those things were representing in the ride. So that gave mm-hmm. us the, the confidence to, to back up the decisions that we made and explain that when we, we um, showed it to them in person. So, uh, you know, they had their plan already and set. So, you know, when we were talking about, you know, why we have this kind of element and we have, you know, we had Jurassic Park in the land already. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is a Jurassic World attraction. So there was certain things that we had to uh, uh, kind of decisions that we had to make to make sure that everything complemented each other. So mm-hmm. they were aligned with us, actually, when we, we showed them. <laughs> Our, our solutions for that so we were, we were surprised it was actually a great meeting and they they love the thrill they love all that stuff you know they yeah. love the intense stuff so uh uh it was it was a pretty awesome meeting yeah it was definitely an interesting pitch of like uh you know they know the can obviously but yeah uh so claire is putting a roller coaster in the raptor paddock and like wait beat beat continue like you know it, it, it did feel kind of like uh definitely uh very in keeping with the characters and i think that's what's so fun about it the one line elevator pitch uh if you know the canon it definitely mm-hmm. feels right <laughs> oh my it felt so right like watching that cue video with with claire and owen just bickering back and forth you could you could sense the relationship that you just got a small glimpse of at the beginning of jurassic world when they're out at his bungalow talking about their previous dates and whatnot you can get that like sense of relationship there and it it works so so well and i love that like owen is the the guy who's like no no this shouldn't be a thing uh, i i loved that because like when i was talking about this on the podcast before i was like how are they going to pull this off in a way that feels right and feels natural and that's how you did it you said like well owen's a detractor he always is you know, he's kind of like the Ian Malcolm of these new movies where he's just like, uh, guys, uh, no, don't do this. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. It was like when we, we decided roller coaster in the Raptor paddock, we had to just lean into that and never go back. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is what we're doing. We're here now. <laughs> so, so they, they I, really perform great. I have a, qu- a question here from Twitter. This comes from at muzzshake07, and it says, if you could have uh, any other animal somewhere in the course of the track, what would it be? Hmm. Another animal. Uh, this, there's, there's, there's a couple of animals that come to my mind, so now now you're making me choose between, <laughs> like, like I have to pick one, like, which one? And not an osprey. Um, not, not an osprey, but, like, something... <laughs> Another animal. I mean, I I like I like pterodons and things like that. Mm-hmm. Those are pretty cool, you know. Yeah. Uh, like cool elements like that. And then you know, Shelby, what do you think? Um, you know, you said osprey, and so it's hard not to say. Uh, you know, it'd be great to have uh, if we could birds and yeah. pterodons. Pterodactyls would be fantastic to have uh, in a true fantasy world. <laughs> So yeah, I, yeah. I, I I think there's some eggs right up on the top of the um uh the rock work. Mm-hmm. What 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 was the intention there? Were those supposed to be like pteranodons or something like that? Yeah, this is actually a fun story to to those eggs that uh when we we're working on the rock work during the um the summer, uh you know, we were working real fast and you know the whole world's watching us build this churro <laughs> yeah. stand and <laughs> And there was a day that we were just, you know, taking down all the scaffolding. So we we're just like, 
it'd be really awesome to put some X up there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so everyone worked like everyone took a breather. It was hot during the summer and sculpted the X and like researched and you know really <laughs> dove into you know how they would look and that's amazing. You know, and we got the X up there and you know it's right next to Pterodon flyers and uh, you know it just made sense. It helps blend the land together. Yeah, and, um, it, was, it was funny because the next day it was it was just all over the internet. So when I found the X, <laughs> I love it. It perfectly ties it all together. <laughs> um, how how important was it to set this attraction like before the Indominus breakout? Because the Indominus breakout has been this this focal point for so many different things, whether it's you know exhibition or live tour or something like that. But you guys actually didn't go that route. You actually went beforehand. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so my thought on that, uh, and Greg, I'm sure you have your own, but I think for us, it's the fact that we're also very aware of what's going on globally at Universal Parks. And, you know, we've got the mm -hmm. uh, Jurassic World, the ride in Hollywood that uh, really delivers on this uh, indominus moment. And, you know, wanting to be respectful of that beat, but also for us knowing that we are a few years after the first movie, and it actually feels like the raptors are kind of becoming the through line of the uh, Jurassic World uh, trilogy. So mm -hmm. making sure, uh, I think we wanted to really highlight them as rather than a snapshot in time with the Indominus Rex, the raptors really lend themselves to a roller coaster, really lend themselves to this area. Um, so really, I think it was more about the characters we wanted to highlight. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, the Raptors are alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love that you you brought them back to life. You know, except for Blue, the the other ones have just been thrown, tossed, eaten, whatever, blown up with a rocket launcher. So it's good to have them back in 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 real life next to you as you blow by them on the coaster. <laughs> yeah, it, it just fit it fit with the the land, the space that we were working with, and um, it helps bring new fans to the franchise and mm -hmm. kind of inform mm -hmm. them and you know they're, they're able to dive deeper um there's a lot of clues there's a lot of easter eggs and a lot of things that you know when people see they could go home and research more and learn more about it um mm -hmm. and that's what we like about the queue it's a deeper dive into the raptors where you could see the tools that were used to take care of the raptors as well as uh things that or use the train the raptors as they were getting older that you know the film really uh couldn't dive deep into because there's a movie and it's you know a certain amount of time <laughs> yeah. you know something that was really awesome when we were talking to the filmmakers is that uh when we we're talking about the paddock uh we realized this was the first time ever in the franchise's history that the raptors were on public display like they've been in the films and they've mm -hmm. broken out of things but actually on public display so how would that look for a real guest to see that in the park mm -hmm. and we got to explore that and you know problem solve and really you know come up with a look for that um and it was fun for them as well as us to really give a deeper dive into these awesome icon iconic characters yeah yeah that's true that's awesome that you got to showcase something we've never seen before i, I really appreciate it we're 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 the likes yeah. of like colin and, and steven spielberg and frank marshall were they tied to this project a little bit did they help out in in some ways yeah, absolutely. Our relationship with Universal Pictures uh, was really, really important. They know these films, they know the future of the films, they know these raptors better than anyone. So uh, yeah, we worked very regularly, uh, specifically with Colin and Frank on Lost Coaster. Speaking of the the future, you, you mentioned Easter eggs and, and stuff like that. I, I did hear a rumor that the, the Malcolm book that's in the queue, is that is that something from Dominion? Is that true or false? What, what's the deal there? 
Uh, yes. So we also found ourselves in a really interesting spot that the the next film is coming, Dominion. We can, man, could have been this summer. I know. So, uh, <laughs> could have been. <laughs> we wanted to make sure <laughs> we had something that, you know, made tied into where we really were in the development, which is that we were building this attraction right alongside the pre-production and ultimately the filming of Dominion. So uh, mm. we did work to get uh, that little Easter egg in there. Uh, it is a mystery to us. Uh, how it was, but uh, they did share it with us. <laughs> well, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, a, a lovely detail that I, I love from the attraction is the uh, in the queue. There's those amazing posters that you see that are actually like mm-hmm. from Jurassic World, and those things I've had them. I actually have mine like sitting right here. I gotta hang them back up. But like, nice. I've had these things since 2015. I got them from Barnes and Noble from like buying a DVD, and I was like, I never expected first off, to then see one of those in Fallen Kingdom, and now to see them on hand at the attraction. Like, that's really cool. How did that come about? How did you come about like creating these new posters and kind of tying it into those old ones? We we really want to respect the franchise and take it serious. So, you know, we, you know the ride's called Velocicoaster, and, you know, we just didn't want it to be a punchline. We wanted to show them that, hey, this is a real serious roller coaster, and we have the actors, we have people who worked on the films working with us, you know, Frank Marshall, Colin Trevorrow, Colin Trevorrow Steven Spielberg. This, this is a serious attraction, and, you know, even to the smallest detail, we wanted to make sure they were represented. So, you know, we had those posters in there just, mm-hmm. just for a sense of place of where you are and then we had the brand new posters you know <laughs> sneaking ourselves into those posters yeah to say hey we've always been here okay blossom coasters in the background you see it and, yeah. um uh you know and it's, it's pretty awesome to see how appreciated that that was doing that making that decision yeah I love those the new posters. I have them here as well. They're they're pretty awesome. I can't can't wait to put everything up on my wall. Um, nice. So, so I think I want to talk about the real star of this attraction outside of the Velociraptors, Mr. DNA. Come on, <laughs> I mean, like oh, yeah. you you've you've resurrected him, and like who did the voice? What was the deal with Mr. DNA? How how important was it to include Mr. DNA? <laughs> So I think for us, Mr. DNA, so again, and I think you can see it through this attraction, as theme park designers, part of why this this entire franchise is so fun to play in is that it is a trope of theme park design while we are also designing a theme park ride about the trope about theme park design. So we have so much fun with that kind of really playing with those those pieces of theme park uh, nostalgia. And uh, Mr. DNA is so fun because he is the operational voice of what we see in Jurassic Park. Um, there was obviously uh, some inclusion of him uh, in, he had been modernized a little bit for Jurassic World and some of the peripheral, I, I think, games and a few other things. So there was precedence for him to exist in the Jurassic World timeline. You know, we, because we are an operating attraction, there are a lot of things we have to convey to our guests, like how to load, how to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, keep your head against the headrest, keep your hands on the, the handlebars. So finding the voice that can deliver that but also make it fun and compelling to watch and like you want to watch it and like this is truly safety information to begin at Jurassic World <laughs> he's the only answer uh, yeah. so uh, fortunately again not that hard to sell um, uh, we did work with them we went around and around to find an approved Mr. DNA um, and uh, we're really pleased with where it is and we're really happy that uh, people are responding to it and focusing on it we searched thousands for the perfect Mr. DNA <laughs> oh, I love it yeah I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the I remember I, I remember the first time 
uh, watching Mr. DNA in the film, and it was it was like from my memory, it was always like a, a friendly character, but then it was like a kind of intimidating tone to the the actual message, and you know that was. Oh, yeah. It was, it was like, we have to get that. We have to capture that. You know, we, you know, the, the awesome thing about having a real roller coaster that you're standing in the queue is you hear the rumble, you hear the screams. So <laughs> the intimidation's there. And, you know, as you go through the queue, it gets more and more intimidating. You start off with this corporate kind of sizzle reel. Everything's mm-hmm. great. But then as you go through, you know, it gets dark. <laughs> you got the lighting changing. And then you still have that positive message, but you hear boom, 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 boom. Like <laughs> <laughs> so you know this dna was yeah. we had to capture that essence and in, into the queue we, we just had, had to and um you know coming up with uh you know the look for him and everything it was just a fun experience experience yeah i also appreciate the uh the mattel toys that ended up in like the control tower where claire was i like i spotted them instantly i see him i'm like looking all around the background i spot like <laughs> different dinosaurs that i have on my shelf behind me i'm like that's awesome that is like a nice touch you know that's wonderful yeah we we, we even snuck our uh even snuck the miniature blossom coaster next to that (laughs) we've been here the whole time (laughs) (laughs) yeah we we need to be able to buy like the actual like the the little you know coaster so we can put our our uh you know uh, mattel figures in there at some point you know Come on. It'd be a great scale. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, you mentioned you mentioned the like the setting, the tone that you're setting in the queue and stuff. And Dr. Wu is in there and he he's like he's trying to be nice. He's giving you a positive message, it seems like at times, but there's always something behind him. How important was it to like balance that like that like semi evil but like good natured guy that you know you, you know from the movies? I think, uh, you know, with the journey through the queue of Lost Coaster is really interesting because we're also playing with that natural anxiety experience as you are going through the queue of a, a coaster, about to get on a coaster, and your heartbeat getting a little bit faster as you can see the load station. And so, you know, bring back to Mr. DNA, you know, the, the lightest, the most corporate, the most fun, and then Mr. DNA, or sorry, uh, Dr. Wu kind of being that middle step where he's trying to walk a corporate line, uh, but he's definitely, when he's recording this, it's safe to assume, he has the Indominus Rex in some phase of development, his masterpiece, you know? So there yeah. is definitely something there. And then, you know, I think we played a lot with his his character and even uh, speaking with what would be authentic to his character with Universal Pictures. And, you know, he does have an arrogance and a kind of uh, pride towards everything he does. And uh, that would definitely be the case here in Velocicoaster. Um, it was a lot of fun. You think, Greg? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to have the... Uh, Dr. Wu in there. I mean, he's been in every film and, you know, so, you know, he has to be in our ride. And the thing is, is like, you see him definitely right before you actually see the the raptors in their muzzles. So he really kind of, you know, goes back to that room where you're learning about the raptors, what it took, his obsession with, you know, his accomplishment and, and kind of understanding like, hey, like, these are real raptors. This is this is a real deal. And when you go into the next room, you're ready and you're just blown away when you see those things. Just, you know, breathing, you can feel the breath yeah. from them, you know, you can smell them and it, it just really, you know, pulls everything together. So with those those animatronics right there, are you working hand in hand with other companies like uh producing Jurassic World the exhibition? Because they have a very similar 
thing there. I don't know if it's exactly the same or not, but uh, it was cool to see those in the exhibition and then also see something similar here. There's a lot of people all around the world bringing dinosaurs to life, which is really awesome and fun to see. And a lot of time we're watching as well on Twitter, uh, you know, these different <laughs> things pop up uh, as well as the exhibit. Um, but yeah, we do try and, uh, you know, work very closely to fit our needs of our attraction and our story that we're trying to tell with whatever um, pieces of show we develop and especially the dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah, nice. I, I love that, and I love how you you blend the coaster zooming by with the the raptors on uh -huh. the windows there. It's just it's beautiful, and it, and it you know you, you can watch the videos online, but it doesn't really sell it as well as like seeing it there in person. It's just beautiful in person. Yeah, this that's oh. the, we can only do that here. We're like <laughs> we have a we have a seventy mile per hour coaster going through a building. <laughs> they have to see this, and then yeah. you know how we plus that anymore. Like when are we going to have this opportunity? <laughs> To have raptors chasing a 70 mile per hour this this is it this is our only window to do something like this so and, and that's why it was so awesome working with Jurassic, you know the Jurassic franchise because mm -hmm. it just gave us it's, it's reasons to just push the boundaries and not go backwards and just really yeah. say hey you know we're going to do it because it's necessary yeah. yeah, I have I have another question from Twitter from Siaka Dibba, and it says, "How did you make those raptor statues?" I, I'm assuming he's talking about the ones in the ride, or maybe maybe the queue. I don't know. Uh, did you have reference to ILM assets? Uh, we used the film assets, so you know all the the raptors that you see, they're you know the same assets that were uh, in the film animated mm -hmm. and things like that. You know, and it's to the point that there's actual Easter eggs even beyond just the the statues, you know, we just mentioned the raptors running by the window and there's mm -hmm. different moments where it stops and looks, looks at you. And some of those are the same animations that you see in the original film when it's mm -hmm. looking through the, the little round window. Oh, so we, yeah. we pull, pull things from the archive that really, you know, for, you know, the serious <laughs> fans, they're going, I mean, I, I remember I was in the queue and someone recognized that it was the same like archived animation. Uh, and I was oh, like, man. oh my gosh, you're the first yes. person to notice that. I was so, I was so happy for him. <laughs> so it was like, you know, it, it's, it's cool. There's a like, you know, we just want to make sure it's authentic as possible. And, you know, from the statues outside the, the attraction and inside the actual attraction um, to the media, it's all the real assets from the film mm -hmm. was there any difficulty in bringing echo to life because echo over time echo has changed like the way <laughs> echo looks whether it's you know the films mm -hmm. the toys the the uh, camp cretaceous like was there any difficulty there because it's it's an ever-changing dinosaur it seems like I think it was a really interesting challenge as a whole because a lot of the adult versions of these dinosaurs, and I, I know the uh, Amber collection and these other things were kind of going on in parallel, <laughs> but there hadn't really been, you know, a true representation of Charlie, Delta, or Echo. And so it was really interesting. We worked really, really closely, again, with the filmmakers to make sure, uh, and they were with us every step of the way. And in a lot of ways, we we're actually kind of working in parallel, and uh, they would we found this really great uh, asset, like the screenshots were really good one. And we were going back and forth to try and populate, you know, who these dinosaurs really were in a 3D space. Um, but yeah, poor Echo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Uh, yeah, Universal Pictures actually flew someone down. And yeah, that was actually a conversation about <laughs> Echo and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, and we went, you know, we went the, I, it was perfect for the, 
for the paddock, you know, it goes mm-hmm. a lot brighter and, and we're moving so fast. You want to be yeah. able to see the racers. So, you know, the the brighter uh, version of Echo is definitely in the paddock. Yeah. 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 I was like, oh, it even looks like a new version this time. And I actually I loved it. I loved how how cool it looked because there's so many different iterations at this point and And you guys got a good one. So that's good. Um, all right. So my, I, I'll, I'll go with the last question here. This is also from Twitter. It's from at Jurassic Souls. <clears throat> and it says, I wonder when and where they filmed the Q videos and what it was like to be a part of that portion of it. Hey, you, you guys were even in it, right? In, in one of the yeah, videos. Yeah. So uh, that was so fun. <laughs> Yeah, they were spread out over, uh, you know, a pretty long period of time. And we were really, really lucky that we got all of our uh, production in prior to 2020. Um, So, uh, yeah, it was really just, uh, you know, in and out of people's schedules, what worked. And again, globally. So we've got uh, the Hollywood ride and some of these other things. So there were some great efficiencies there that Universal Creative leveraged to be able to get some of these really awesome stars. Um, But, yeah, it was just all over the course of mostly uh, 2019. Yeah, we, we filmed on the Universal lot in Hollywood, so, mm-hmm. you know, that was pretty awesome. And, you know, just the chemistry of using the real actors was just, it was so perfect. You know, they they know each other so well. They, they just, I was I was mind blown actually seeing them work. Like, I, I you know, they, they just, you know, they filmed that together in real time. So they're actually talking to each oh, other. It wasn't like, amazing. oh. Know, someone's over here someone's over here like that was a real conversation like yeah. and it's like one take it's one take you know <laughs> so uh it, it was so cool and it, se- um, it seems so natural like it like they, oh, the it way they were working off each other at times i'm like is that just like improv like because the way that they're responding to each <laughs> other just works so well and, and naturally I love that. Some of some of it was. <laughs> some of the, it was improv. Like they read the script, got it. <laughs> it's the simplicity of the space we created, right? Where it's it's a roller coaster in the raptor paddock. Claire thinks this is the best idea ever. Owen hates it. It's just like <laughs> it was fun for them too, because they're like, Oh, got it. Yeah, perfect. Let's roll. Uh, so we like, it was the, amazing. The raptor's really right here, right? The raptor's <laughs> right here. <laughs> then they'll start. <laughs> oh, so cool. I love it. I love it. Uh, Oh, God. Oh, I was going to say, not to shred some movie magic, but uh, Greg and I, the day that we were filming, uh, obviously with uh, Chris and Bryce, we were very actively running around a set, uh, Greg providing direction. uh, So uh, the part where we are in was filmed much later. We were not (laughs) running around in tactical. (laughs) Yeah, we were there with them when they filmed that, but we were comped in later um, in another film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> still have the vest. Still have the vest. So I wanted to walk around the park one day with the little shock sticks and vest, but <laughs> no one would know what I'm doing. So. Uh, you you got you to grab, uh, grab Michael one day and, and walk the parks, yeah, as Owen and, and, and with the shock sticks and stuff. That would be good. <laughs> Just like a random ACU unit, like, who is this guy? Why is he wearing what? ACU? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> <laughs> it would be awesome. Everybody would everybody would love that. But again, I just want to say thank you so much because this, this attraction is incredible. I, I've gone on it a few times myself, and I love it so much. Can't wait to go back again. It, it really, you know, breathes new life, I think, into this land and, and makes it somewhere where you want to go there and, and spend hours now in this section and, and buy all the merch and ride the ride over and over again, spot all the Easter eggs. It is so much fun. So, so just thank you for creating something that Jurassic fans can get excited about and, and truly celebrate. So, so thank you. 
Oh no, that means a lot. You oh. know, we did it for we studied everything, and you know, we followed. We felt like just like the, the Jurassic fans were following the ride, and the forums were following them. Like, <laughs> all right, yeah, we gotta put this. We gotta make sure this is there. So you know, it just means a lot. Uh, the love that it's getting. So definitely. No, absolutely. And just hearing more people every, uh, it's amazing how the fanfare is keeping up even over the summer. So glad we could be that little dose of Jurassic for the summer. (laughs) Yeah. And you guys have become part of the fandom. I love that. So thank you for interacting with everybody and just, you know, like selling this ride so well. And and you're, you're a big part of the community now. So you you better stick with it. We expect you to be there. So (laughs) we're here. here. (laughs) Not going anywhere. Thank you so, so much for listening to this episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. Of course, a huge shout-out and a huge thank you to Shelby and Greg for joining me here today to talk about Jurassic World Velocicoaster. And also, shout-out to everybody at Universal for making this interview happen. Um, It's just so great. Like I said in the intro and several times uh, in the the episode itself, it's just so awesome that we have a a place to, to go in Jurassic and hang out and have so much fun. And uh, all thanks to them and everybody else, all the other team members who worked on Velocicoaster. You know, I was apprehensive at first. I didn't know what to expect with this, with the new update, you know, to the to the land, to what uh, used to be. But man, they nailed it. They knocked it out of the park and it is just absolutely incredible. And now, you know, we have somewhere new to go and new to think about and new to dream about every time we want to go on vacation. Or if you live down there, you want to go every day, so be it. I, I wish that was me, but uh, but yeah, so it's I'm so happy. I'm so thankful that we had the chance to talk about that. So thank you so much for taking just a few moments to talk about, well, I guess my favorite coaster out there, Jurassic World Velocicoaster. Look, I'm telling you, words do not describe how incredible this thing is. It's, it's undefeated. It's going to rain for a long, long time. So please go check it out. Be sure to head over to UniversalOrlando.com to plan your next visit. But before we get out of here, I did want to read a review over on Apple Podcasts. Uh, If you guys want to, you can help us out by leaving a five-star review. If you love the show, if you don't, you know, you can leave less, I guess. That's fine. But we'd really love a five-star review. And if you write something in the review, I will read them here on the show. So this one comes from... Uh, Bree Jones, 1018, Bree, Bri, sorry, I don't know. Uh, but it says, I love this podcast. Uh, if you love all things Jurassic, you will love this podcast. The hosts are awesome and the content is fabulous. I always look forward to new episodes and enjoy interacting with this community. Give it a listen. You won't be disappointed. Uh, well, thank you so much, Bree Jones, Bri Jones, I don't know, sorry. Uh, thank you so much for the kind words there and uh, for saying we're awesome and the content's fabulous. We, you know, we try to put a lot of work into this show each and every week. And not just this show, like YouTube. We have so much content on YouTube. Um, and, you know, Instagram, just making those posts over there and Twitter, just, you know, creating content for everybody to discuss. And now TikTok. We're doing TikToks, I guess. That's a thing that we create now. <laughs> so add, keep adding things. So every time a new social media thing pops up, we're on it. So, so uh, yeah, all for you guys, all for the fun Jurassic content out there. So thank you so much. And five stars, you know, that really helps us out. So thank you so much for leaving that review. And if anybody out there wants to leave one, please go ahead. 
But that about wraps it up for this episode. Thank you so much to each and every one of you for listening. You know, the show would be nothing without you guys, so thank you so much. And of course, stay safe out there, be healthy, be kind. That's the most important thing. Be kind to everybody you're interacting with. That's the best thing you can do. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and hand it off to myself for the outro. Thanks, everybody. Saddle off. Let's get this movable beast underway. Be sure to give us a follow over on Twitter, at Jurassic Park Pod, and myself, at Brad Jost. Also on Facebook and Instagram, at Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to join the Jurassic Park Podcast group on Facebook. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So be sure to follow along. Also, don't miss our live streams, toy hunts, reviews, in-depth bonus content, gameplay, event and theme park coverage, and much more on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will read your reviews at the end of most episodes, so be sure to spare no expense. Find us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com, where you'll find today's episode show notes, articles, contributor bios, and so much more. If you want to get a hold of us, you can fill out the contact form on our website or send emails to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new segments, contributors, mailbag submissions, or anybody who just wants to say hello. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Make sure to be kind to everybody and stay safe out there. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.